Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. The inspiration for this week's podcast happened last Saturday, while my son and I were doing our weekly exercise routine at Stone Mountain. And I may have mentioned in a previous podcast that he and I will routinely meet on Saturday mornings, most Saturday mornings, uh, cold or hot or whatever it is. The only time we really don't meet up there is when it's actively raining or maybe has rained the day before. But anyway, that's a side note. But um, again, we routinely uh, meet at Stone Mountain to get our workouts in. And it consists of us going up as fast as we can to the top of the mountain. However, we don't just go up and stop. What we do along the way is we'll stop at the pavilion, which is most of you know who's ever been to Stone Mountain. Um, about halfway up the mountain, there's a little pavilion area with benches and tables. And so anyway, we'll stop at that pavilion area and he and I'll do pull-ups. We'll, we'll jump up and grab some of the rafters or the beams and, and we'll do pull-ups. And then we'll go ahead and head on up and just at the top of the rail, the very, very steep part of the climb uh, at the top of the rail. Then we'll stop and we'll do some push-ups. And then when we get to the top of the mountain, we'll go ahead again and do some more push-ups at the top. And then we'll wait maybe a minute or so, and then we'll come on back down and just do everything in reverse um, on the way down, still doing the push-ups. And then we get back down to the pavilion. Well, this past Saturday... You know, we're uh, on our way down. We had gone up to the top, did everything, we're on our way down, and we stop at the pavilion to do our pull-ups before heading, uh, continuing down the uh, the mountain. And so as we're doing our pull-ups, this little Caucasian toddler, he couldn't have been any more than maybe 18 months old. Um, he sees us doing the pull-ups, and he begins to make his way over, and we're at the far end, we're at the total opposite end of where he is coming up to the pavilion. And he meanders his way over to where we are watching us do our pull-ups. And so as he comes over to us and I see that he's actually coming towards us, well, you know me, of course, I have to say, well, good morning. And I say good morning to the little fella. And he looks and then I look up and he and I see his parents just kind of watching him as he's engaging in conversation with my son and me. And so then my son and I just kind of laugh and we chuckle. And so we are we get done with our pull ups and then we're heading on out of the pavilion and getting ready to head back down the mountain. And then we hear the toddler's parents laughing and they're kind of calling out at us. Hey, hey, look. Hey, look. Hey, look. And so we stop and we look back over. And when we turn around, we see the little toddler standing in the place where we were under the beams where we were doing our pull ups. And he's standing there with his arms raised up and he's asking his dad to lift him up so that he can can get up there and do pull-ups. And it was just the funniest thing. And it just made a big old smile on my son's and my face. And it just blessed my heart to see that. And and then the Lord just immediately placed in my in my spirit that it was a vivid reminder that racial prejudice, it's, it's a learned behavior. And so that's something that we have to be taught how to fear people. We have to be taught how to dislike people. We have to be taught how to hate people because of the color of their skin. 
And so this little toddler, he was so innocent and he was so trusting that he, you know, kind of meandered his way right over to us. And now let me be clear. I am totally cool and I'm totally fine with us making sure that we caution and we teach our kids about the dangers of interacting with strangers. And so I'm not saying that we throw caution to the wind. That's not what I'm saying. But because of the situation we were in, because of the environment that we were in at Stone Mountain, where it was clear that kind of everybody's up there and they're exercising and they're, you know, just trying to get their exercise exercise on and 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 then maybe that's taking a respite at that little pavilion place and so that's kind of the environment at Stone Mountain and so again it was it was safe and his parents were watching and he they could just uh, see the whole atmosphere up there and so then my son says to me and this is really what triggered the podcast then my son says to me dad that just goes to show how important it is for kids to have a male influence in their lives and in essence what my son was saying is that kids really model or they really imitate what they see and he's exactly right and so that I just began to ponder that thought and began to ponder that comment and that sentiment and really realized that it's not only children who model what they see. All of us, all of us model what we see. We reflect what we see. And that's why it becomes critically important for us um, to model the life that communicates the message that we want to convey. And here's the thing. We must understand that we are always communicating always communicating. And you know how we roll at the Living Epistle podcast. Uh, What's the definition of communication? Because it's a term that we hear all the time. It's a term that we use. And again, just a pet peeve of mine is I want to make sure that um, we're speaking the same language when we use terms that many of us are familiar with, but may mean different things to different people. So communication, I looked it up according to the uh, online Webster's Dictionary. Communication is defined as the imparting or exchanging of of information by speaking, writing, or using some other medium, right? So again, communication is the imparting or exchange of information by speaking, writing, or using some other medium. And here's something that you may or may not know, and I know some of you do, but just in case you don't, here's a well-known fact about communication. Research has shown that, take a guess at how much, uh, what percentage of communication is verbal, Mm-hmm. Okay, I hear you saying 15, 20, 30. Hmm, not even close. Only 7% of all communication is done through verbal communication. In other words, 93% of how we communicate is done non-verbally. Only 7% is verbal. In other words, only 7% is actually done with words, um, with actually speaking words. So how does the other 93% break out? Well, 38% of that is through the tone of our voice. So it's not necessarily what we say as much as it is how we say it. And then the other 55%, the other 55% is basically body language. And again, all nonverbal communication. So out of that 90, out of 100%, 93% is nonverbal communication. And so that's how, that's how, and it's no mystery. That's how our children know that mom and dad may not be getting along in the home, even though they may not hear them arguing, even, even though they may not hear them say one word to each other, they can sense the tension because again, they're reading the, the body language. They're reading all of the nonverbal cues. 
Those of us who are married, I hear you saying amen already. Those of us who are married, we know when our spices are uh, spices. We know when our spouses and they get spicy too, but we know when our spouses are upset with us, right? Without them having to even speak a word. It's a look. It's a, a way they sit. It's a way they hold their mouths. It's, it's, we know when we've messed up, but we know when we're in the, as we would say in the common vernacular, in the doghouse with our spouses, when they, they don't even have to say a word. And so again, everything we do is communicating a message. Really, the only question is, what message are we communicating? And so that brings me to the whole point of this is, for those of us who are believers, for those of us who say that we love God and we love Jesus and we love him with all our hearts, then how is that reflected in our schools or in our jobs? So schools for those of us who are students, on our jobs for those of us who are working, and even for those of us who are retired, which I have some friends who are retired. But the question still is, how are we communicating? What does that look like? So for those of us who are still working or in school, um, do we show up late for our jobs or do we show up late for classes? Um, how do we get our assignments and do we get them in on time? Do we get them in late? And then not only that, maybe we get them in on time, but what's the quality of our work like? Is it just enough to get by? Is it just enough to get a passing grade for the work? those of us who are working? Is it just enough that, that we don't have to get reprimanded or put on any type of um, performance improvement plan? Do we spend time gossiping about somebody or something at work? Are we complaining about our boss for those of us who work? Are we complaining about a professor or a teacher for those of us who are in school or somebody else in our class or somebody else on our job? What are we doing? How are we responding? We say that we love Jesus. How is that reflected in our social environments and in our social interactions? Are we bowing to the pressures or to the behaviors of the people around us? Are we now finding ourselves using language that we wouldn't normally use in our church community? Right. Are we doing or speaking or 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 not speaking or keeping silent because we don't want to make waves when we see things that are going on around us that we know are contrary to the will of God or know that are not morally, morally or ethically correct? And we say that we love Jesus. How is that demonstrated in our community, the place where we live? Are we engaged in activities? Are we engaged or working with organizations? Are we supporting organizations that help the elderly or the homeless or single parents? Or here's the big one for me for at risk youth. What are we doing? Where are we spending our time? But more importantly, where are we spending our money? Matthew 621 says or reads, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you really want to know what somebody is invested in, if you really want to know what's important to somebody, find out where they're spending their money and their time. Those are the two things. And time is valuable because you can't ever get it back. So where are they spending their time? Where are you spending your time? Where am I spending my time? And along with that, where am I spending my money? Again, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. In other, in other words, wherever the money is, the heart's going to follow it. Wherever you're spending your money, the heart will follow it. And so the world and the church are really in need of authentic. And notice I didn't say perfect. The world and the church are in need of authentic followers of Christ. The world and the church are authentic, uh, uh, in need of authentic Christians. 
Authentic, meaning those of us who have no other objective or no ulterior motive other than to let the love of Christ shine through us so that lives can be lifted. People can be transformed. Burdens can be lifted. Weights can be lifted. People can know that there's a God who loves them and that there's a better way for them. And so I'm so reminded that when that happens, their lives are transformed to the glory of God. And I'm so reminded of Matthew chapter five, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So even if we're doing good works and people come to us and they pat us on the back and they give us accolades and they give us attaboys and attagirls, we can say, I give glory to God and I thank you, God. Right. We don't take the credit. We don't steal God's glory because it's he who enables us. It's he who strengthens us. It's he who gives us the abilities to be able to do whatever it is that we're doing that is bringing whatever. A modicum of success we may be having in life. And so we must understand that someone, someone, our spouse, our children, our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, our fraternity brothers, our sorority sisters, our employers, our employees, our clients, you name it. Someone is always watching us to see how we respond when life happens. Someone is always watching us to see how we're going to model this Christian life when life throws us a curve or just in the day-to-day living, right? And so one of the things that I found that has been so helpful and instrumental to me in in helping me to live this daily life and how to respond when life happens, and then I don't have to be concerned with who's watching me because I want to be clear. I'm not saying we have to live this life with uh, looking over our shoulder to see who's watching us. Just know somebody's always watching, whether actively or passively, somebody's always watching and people are gleaning from us and gleaning from what we say we believe in, who we believe in, just by how we respond to everyday life and everyday situations in life. And so this is a scripture that is a familiar one, but is one I I think bears repeating. And it's Colossians 3.23, Colossians 3 verses 23 through 24. The New King James Version, and it reads, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing from the Lord you will receive the reward for your inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. And so I just want to pause for a moment to say thank you, Lord, for helping us to understand that whatever we do, that we're doing it as though we are working for you rather than for people. And I remember when I first started my career way back in the mid 80s, when I first started working and I came across the scripture. And one of the things that it taught me was I'm not working. Yes, I get paid by an employer or somebody signs my check. Right. But I'm not working for that employer. I'm working for the glory of God. I'm working for my family. I'm working to be able to set an example and to provide for them and then to be able to set an example for who Christ is in my life. And that freed me to understand that whatever I do, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's at church, whether it's in the community, whether it's recreational, whatever activity in which I'm engaged and I'm involved, I'm not doing it as I'm doing it for a man, in other words, for mankind or humanity, but I'm doing it for the Lord. And the second part of the scripture says, knowing from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve 
the Lord Christ. So thank you, Lord, for reminding us that we have this inheritance as a reward waiting for us when we faithfully serve you, when we faithfully live this life that tries to please you. And we don't do it in and of our own strength. And we're not trying to do it to be religious or super pious or super holy. We're doing it with joy and with gladness of heart because we know that you, oh Lord, have the best for us and your intentions are good and your intentions are that we get the best that you have to offer us in our lives. And so we just say, thank you, Lord, for that. But know that somebody's always watching. Somebody's always gleaning, even when we don't realize somebody's watching. And again, we're not doing this so people can think with it, that we're holy, but we're doing this because, God, we want our lights to shine before men that they may see our good works. But the glory belongs to you. Remember, family, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by Audionautics.com. Hello, my name is Tony Miles. And welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. First, let me apologize for not releasing my podcast at my usual time. I appreciate those of you who have inquired about the podcast and me as well. And yes, all as well. I was traveling for this Thanksgiving holiday and my schedule was thrown just a little bit off. But here it is. And so... The subject of this week's podcast should really come as no surprise to anyone. Um, as I mentioned, we just are in the midst of celebrating uh, Thanksgiving uh, 2021. Certainly that happened a couple of days ago and still the weekend is here and many of us are still traveling in a way and, and celebrating the holidays and, and or celebrating the holiday. And so as we reflect on the year 2021, I can truthfully say, certainly for me, and I certainly can uh, certainly say, I'm sure for you as well, that we we have much to be thankful for, right? And so earlier today, my wife and I were just talking as we were heading back to Georgia. And we were just talking about how much we enjoyed spending time with our family and how much we enjoyed spending Thanksgiving with our family. And we just began to reflect And one year ago, right, Thanksgiving 2020, many of us didn't travel. Many of us didn't visit loved ones. We pretty much spent it by ourselves or we spent it doing a Zoom or just trying to be creative uh, in the absence of physically being in the presence of our loved ones. We, we stayed local because we didn't want to risk spreading or contracting the coronavirus. And so we thought to ourselves, and this was, of course, Thanksgiving last year, we thought to ourselves, ah, COVID-19 will be gone in Thanksgiving 2020, 2021, and we'll make up for it then. So we'll see you, you know, Lord willing, we'll see you next year. Well, here we are, the holiday season, Thanksgiving 2021. And now we're 20 months into this pandemic. And we're here at Thanksgiving again. And 2021 and COVID, we're still talking about it. We're still talking about COVID-19 20 months in. Now the CDC is recommending that everyone over the uh, age of 18 years old who took the first shot or took the two shots or whatever you got, the one or the two, now they're recommending that anybody over the age of 18 get a booster. They're also now recommending that all children over the age of five years old get the shot. And not making a decision one way or the other, but certainly for some, there's some concern 
Um, for all of us, you know, the question of uh, the booster, the question of do we want our our young five year olds getting the the shot? And again, that's a decision that we all have to make individually, and make as families. And and then the thing that really just was even crazy this year is the CDC was hinting at the fact that people really shouldn't be traveling this year. Well, let me just tell you, as one who did travel and our experiences as we were traveling uh, over the last couple of days, I don't think anybody listened to this. CDC. The roads were crowded. Airports were crowded. Just every place was crowded. So I don't think anybody listened to them. We said kind of enough already. We want to to be with our loved ones and we want to be with our family and our friends. And so I said all that to say again this year with all the craziness and with all the things that are going on around us, I can truly say that I am still thankful And so the big question may be, well, why are you thankful or how can you still be thankful or what are you thankful for? First, let me just say I'm thankful because I'm still standing, literally standing, figuratively standing. uh, I'm still standing. And if you're listening to this podcast, then I can assume that you're standing as well. And I don't necessarily mean physically standing, but I mean physically um, uh, here, able to listen, able to hear and listen to the podcast, standing in the sense of standing. Standing spiritually strong, knowing that your faith is not waning. And again, the fact of the matter is, is that we're, we're standing, we're here. So in spite of all that has happened over the past year or the past 20 months, certainly if we're talking about the pandemic, but certainly from Thanksgiving of 2020 to Thanksgiving of 2021, in spite of all that has happened, And all that could have happened, we are still here. And that is a definite cause to give God thanks. So, Father, we do thank you that we are still here. Thank you, Jesus, that we are still here and still standing. And so we can be thankful because of what the Lord tells us in his word. Right. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, it reads, be strong and of good courage, and do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And the them that he's referring to is any enemies, any adversaries. Be strong and of good courage. Whatever that enemy, whatever that adversary looks like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a person. It could be a a sickness. It could be an illness. It could be a disease. It certainly could be a person. It could be a work situation. It could be a job. Whatever the them is, the Lord is telling us to be strong and of good courage and do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God. He is the one who goes with you and he will not leave you nor forsake you. And then Philippians chapter four, verse 12 reads, and I know how to obey and I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things, I have learned to be both full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And in other words, the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, I know how to live on almost nothing or I know how to live with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is full with a full stomach or an empty stomach or whether I have plenty or whether I have little, the fact of the matter is, God, I'm going to give you praise and thanks, whatever situation I find myself. And then finally, this is a very familiar scripture. We hear it often. We hear it all the time. And I just want to read one verse of this is Psalm number 23 and is verse one. And it reads, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Oh, another word for want is lack. And I love how the New Living Translation reads. It reads, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. You see, 
If we are believers in Jesus Christ, we need to know that we should be thankful because the Lord is our shepherd. And not only is the Lord our shepherd, the word of the Lord says that he is the good shepherd. He protects us and he provides for his sheep. And as a result of his provision, we have everything that we need. The word doesn't tell us that we'll have everything that we want. That's not what he promises, but he does promise that we will have everything that we need. We won't lack any of the necessities. We won't lack any of the things that we need. And I want to pause here for a moment for those of us who have lost loved ones in 2021. And this is our first Thanksgiving without them. And I say us because that is certainly the case for us. We lost the matriarch of our family. My mother-in-law passed away this past August. She went home to be with the Lord. But this is what I know. This was our first Thanksgiving without her. And it was strange and it was absolutely weird. But this is what I know. I know that the word of the Lord is true. Yes, we miss them physically. We missed her not being with us and we miss her presence. And as you may miss your loved one, we miss them again, physically not being here. But I ask that you would begin to meditate on God's word on Hebrews chapter 13, verse five. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid for the Lord, your God. He is the one who goes with you and he will not leave you nor forsake you. Understand that even in our pain, and even in the midst of the loss that the Lord is with us. And then Psalm number 23, verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then begin to thank God for your family and your friends and begin to meditate on what he has placed in your lives. Let's not look at what we don't have, but think about the family that we do have, the friends that we do have, the people that he's placed in our lives to support us and to love on us. And then begin to thank him for the small blessings. I think one of the beauties of aging, one of the beauties of getting old is you really begin to appreciate the simple things in life. The fact that you woke up this morning and I remember the saints of old when I was a young man and a young kid in Baltimore growing up. And they say, I woke up clothed in my right mind with a reasonable portion of health and strength. Wow. Do I understand what that means now? Clothed in our right mind. You woke up and you know what. First of all, you thankful that we woke up. And secondly, we know what day it is and we know what day of the week and where we are and all of that. And again, we don't take that for granted, especially as we see our seniors begin to age and maybe they're not as physically strong as they used to be. And they may not be mentally as sharp as they used to be, but we thank God for them anyhow. And so we thank God for the sunshine and the cold and the wind and the food and the clothing and all of the small things that that we take for granted. And so as we reflect on this Thanksgiving 2021, for many of us, it was a different experience. I already talked about the fact that um, some of us have lost loved ones and this is the first holiday that we've celebrated without them. But for all of us, I believe that we valued the time spent more this year with our loved ones than we might have in years past. We may have hugged our children or our parents a little longer. I know I did. We may have squeezed our grandchildren or our nieces and our nephews a little tighter than we may have in the past, just appreciating and relishing that time. And for some, we may have just sat back and 
and taking in the sights and the sounds and the smells of the family and the fellowship and the food and just really took the time to appreciate the whole atmosphere and the environment that we were in. For some, maybe we invited a college student or a neighbor or a family friend, or maybe we invited a stranger to our home to celebrate Thanksgiving with us. The point is, is however you celebrate it, however we celebrated Thanksgiving and what continues to be just the most unusual period in our lives. The fact of the matter is, is that we are still standing and we truly have so much to be thankful for. And so my prayer for you, my prayer for your families, my prayers that you experience God's love, God's peace and God's richest blessings like never before. As we close out Thanksgiving 2021 and as we head into the Christmas season of 2021. 2021. I just pray God's richest blessings over you and that truly that God will just show himself, continue to show himself strong and mighty in your lives. Again, as we close out this Thanksgiving season, we are still standing. And for that, we should be truly, truly grateful and thankful. And so let's remember, family, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle.